we kind of have to like have the full community involvement to make any meaningful changes in the technology sector. We want to show like, yes, we can grow these types of people with these mindsets here in Hawaii. And you know what? I They're the ones that are going to make the most impact in their own communities, right? They're the ones that are from here who who know what our community needs and is passionate about like making that change. This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. I'm Suyuno Amos. Each week, we'll be talking story with grassroots community organizers at the forefront of progressive movements for change in Hawaii. Over this series, we're featuring the 30 grantees who received community-raised funds through the Hawaii People's Fund this year. It's our biggest cohort to date, and we're so excited to share their stories with you. Today, we're talking with Kyle Yoshida and Maverick Abella from Honua Scholars, a group that empowers students to pursue STEM careers and advanced degrees and become Hawaii's STEM leaders. Their mission is to highlight Native Hawaiian value-based STEM practices, inspiring individuals from any background to facilitate a relationship between their career, their culture, and their community. We were impressed by their vision of a STEM industry in Hawaii that's led by Native Hawaiians, that's rooted in Hawaiian cultural values, and that allows Hawaiian STEM graduates to come back home instead of seeking employment away. We're here with Kyle and Maverick of Honua Scholars. Could you both just introduce yourselves and tell us what you do with Honua Scholars and also who else is involved? Hi, so I'm Kyle. I'm a fourth year PhD student at Stanford. Um, I do mechanical engineering and a lot of work on kind of like soft robots. But um, at Honua Scholars, I'm the executive director and I kind of like help bring people together um, and uh, coordinate some of the programs. Um, And I'll pass it off to Maverick. Hi, my name is Maverick. I'm a second year medical student at the University of Hawaii Johnny Burns School of Medicine. Uh, For Hanua Scholars, I'm a program director, which basically means I just help out wherever I can. Um, And as far as the rest of Hanua Scholars goes, we're a cohort of about um, like 30, 40-ish graduate students now. Um, Of the people who started like Hanua Scholars, um, it was a total of three of us. So me, Kyle, and we're missing one other person, but Andy Hoshijo um, as well, kind of like, uh, we can talk more about this, but like how we came up with the idea and how we've amassed kind of like the number of PhD and recent um, graduates in our program now. And then also the participants, so the students that we've been able to help um, from the community about, you know, 200 students um, throughout, from just through our programming in the first first year. And then currently we have about 20 students in our mentorship program, HUI, which you can talk also more about later on. And we just have like a lot more programming coming up in the next, um, in just this rest of the year. So excited to talk about it. Thank you for those introductions and welcome both of you. Can you tell us the story of how Honua Scholars came to be? Okay, so uh, Honua Scholars, um, it was founded in the summer of 2020 uh, for basically two main reasons. Um, one was we noticed that 
there was a lot of like decline in college and graduate student enrollment, um, particularly among Native Hawaiians, um, Pacific Islanders, and just underrepresented minorities as just a result of like COVID-19 being very difficult, you know, learning online, um, stuff like that. So secondarily, what we wanted to do was empower a lot of like the local students we have here with Hawaiian values uh, to become leaders in science, technology, engineering, and math, which we term as STEM. Um, and then partially another reason why we do this is because we've also noticed kind of a large foreign non-local interest kind of dominating Hawaii's technology sector. So trying to push back against that, trying to increase just local interest in STEM, uh, that was like, like a big motivator for us. So I mentioned the three of us, so me, Kyle, and Andy Hoshijo, who is um, a software developer at the American Savings Bank. So we're just all graduates of Kamehameha Schools uh, here on Kapalama campus, and we just came together, um, had this idea, and we're like, yeah, let's push it, let's try to do something. Um, even though things were just online at the time, COVID was really difficult, everything was uncertain, we thought, you know, this might be a good chance to actually try something that's new, something that we've never noticed before that existed, um, that existed at least for us, and then come to find out we didn't, we didn't see any other programs kind of similar to us that existed. Um, so since our founding, we've had about 30 to 40 Native Hawaiian mentors who are either graduate students or recent graduate students who are now professional students in STEM. And they all have kind of like the same passions that the three of us had when we started, which is basically to empower the next cohort of scholars uh, to become STEM leaders in Hawaii, uh, particularly here. We thought that there's just a large need for it. Um, and you know, why not? Like, why not us? So these mentors work pretty much with a lot of students from the University of Hawaii campuses, like including the community college, but also just nationally, we've recruited a lot of students who do have some local ties to Hawaii. We sort of envision a science and technology sector led by Native Hawaiians and other locals who kind of share the same Native Hawaiian values that you know we kind of grew up with or that we've developed over time and just producing results in STEM for Hawaii. Um, and Kyle can talk a lot more about that, about what that really means for us and how we kind of push that um, within our program. So Kyle, do you want to talk about the next part of that? Yeah, so um, about kind of like getting kind of like these Hawaiian values into the STEM ecosystem, um, we like encourage Native Hawaiians to like participate in our programming, but also kind of the broader community because um, we kind of have to like have the full community involvement to make any meaningful changes in the technology sector or in kind of the political climate that STEM is a part of. Um, so we have a bunch of programs like um, mentoring sessions. Um, this is kind of like through our small group mentorship programs. Um, we also have kind of these IMUA sessions, which are kind of formulated as like a drop-in office hours where students can come in the, I think it's the second Wednesday of every month. And then um, we have one or two or three graduate students there kind of just available to like go over like different 
um, opportunities that might be available, helping like give feedback on essays or helping to like mediate conflicts that students might be having. So uh, what's unique about us is that we're kind of like not uh, directly connected to uh, the university. So sometimes students can come to us and like they have like certain like conflicts or they want to try new research areas that they want to try and bounce off of an independent kind of mind. And we find that this kind of helps uh, increase kind of that retention in the STEM pipeline while also kind of helping to serve like the broader community. Um, in addition to kind of the mentoring, we also do uh, these different seminars, talks and workshops so that uh, students can gain kind of the professional development skills and also the network to kind of succeed in their next steps and also to connect with other people in the community who they might collaborate with in the future. Um, and yeah, we just kind of want to create this um, future where there's like these very, where there's kind of leaders in STEM and like they also don't necessarily have to be a STEM major, but um, kind of increasing that proficiency so that we can create a more like collaborative and cohesive environment between like the education sector and um, the rest of Hawaii's kind of uh, climate. Could you talk a bit more about what your mentorship program looks like? You know, how does that cross pollinating between older and younger students happen? So I can talk about that. Uh, currently, we, this is a new thing that we're doing. It's, we call it the Mentorship GUI program, where we've grouped together about one to three, or sorry, three to five undergraduate students with about one to three uh, graduate older mentoring students. Um, we meet about a few times a year. They're pretty much grouped by field and interest, and we also try to group it uh, with students who are local here in Hawaii so that they could possibly do things that weren't over Zoom necessarily. Um, they could do things in person and then uh, try to group students who are from like other national schools to do more just like online kind of Zoom mentorship. Um, what it looks like, it looks like it's um, about one, at least one academic professional meeting a quarter and then one service or cultural meeting a quarter. So that service or cultural meeting could be things that, like for example, here in Hawaii, you could go to a local fish pond to do uh, like restoration work. You go to a like a lo'i um, just to get yourself like grounded in like culture. So as part of kind of like our mentorship portion of our program, we also want to kind of like instill different types of like value Hawaiian value based thinking. So um, we kind of have a one of, we use two models in this. Um, the first is kind of a framework taken from Kamehameha schools. Um, uh, that's the Pua model. And the idea of that is kind of like looking at yourself and uh, as we develop balancing kind of the uh, different spiritual connections, your social well-being, physical, um, your educational and economic well-being, and kind of creating you as a cohesive package. But we also um, uh, use another framework um, borrowed from, I believe, the Liliuokalani Trust, but that one looks more of more of it as like a system using a more ecological kind of framework. So the idea is that, um, yeah, we can impact students individually, 
And we can look at ourselves as kind of part of an ecosystem where we're kind of one student and we can uh, see what we do in our for ourselves. Um, we can also like um, kind of take a step back and go up a layer of the ecosystem and look at what our role is as a family unit, um, your role in kind of like different community groups or organizations like um, Honua Scholars or other kind of nonprofits. And then you can like take a step up, extrapolate up to like your broader community, like maybe your school, and then even broader into like the larger grand uh, community of like the state or the country. So um, the idea is that at each level, there's kind of different um, ways to look at how these different systems integrate with each other so that although we're trying to train people kind of like to uh, move forward in STEM or green literacy in STEM, um, the idea is that like these mentorship groups, they also kind of play a role in where the students have an opportunity to kind of engage and like reflect or see how they fit in with the larger picture. It's so interesting to hear how you're all thinking of this as systems, as intersecting and interlocking systems. I wanted to return to something you mentioned about a STEM sector in Hawaii that's led by Native Hawaiians. Could you talk more about how that would change STEM in Hawaii and also what sorts of benefits that vision would bring? Yeah, so um, oftentimes, like, uh, I know a lot of people think of Hawaii as kind of, they sometimes call Hawaii like the melting pot, but um, there's other kind of unique things about Hawaii, like the largest concentration of like native plants and animals. But um, what I see Hawaii is that um, we can kind of use our unique ecosystem to create these types of uh, kind of STEM students, um, Native Hawaiians and like other locals or people even visiting for school. But like the idea is that um, they would be able to like take into account kind of that system's thinking and factor that into like the career they do. Um, and the idea is like um, when you interact with the I, again, when you interact with the larger community, like you might just be one scientist, but there's larger kind of uh, systemic issues that have to be tackled. And I think when you have that cross pollination between these different STEM fields and like um, being aware of like things going around in politics and kind of other social justice initiatives, you can actually find ways. How can you apply your field in STEM into these different areas and um, again, like we have a lot of different companies in Hawaii and it would be really interesting to see a future where like we have greater cohesion between like the community and the companies themselves. So um, one of the things that has actually started to happen was that um, companies have actually started like contacting and emailing us like, hi, how can we get more involved with like the students that you have or like the local population um, and we've actually met with someone recently who uh, is a doctor who is kind of making a startup on Maui and she really wants to like figure out how she can integrate students and like um, involve them into kind of the company and respect kind of the 
local community and not just bump in and say, oh, I'm making a company, I'm going to get land, get an office, but like actually engage the students and how to reach out to schools and who to talk to and kind of the environment. Also for what it means for us, it's it's creating an, an environment uh, that has a lot of opportunity for students to come back home, um, especially in STEM fields where I think we see a lot of students leave or not able to get jobs here. Um, just because like the STEM field is maybe a little bit smaller here in Hawaii, we want to kind of reverse that. We want to increase the opportunities here that we have for our local students to come home to. It's really exciting to hear about those businesses that are getting plugged into your work. Uh, we'd love to have more kind of company and also kind of other schools um, participate in our programming. Um, one of the things that we're, well, we have two new kind of programs that we're going to try and start this year. So I guess one is a kind of a proposal writing competition. Um, and it would be kind of different from like your traditional kind of science fair competition. But we want to try and like, um, like we talked earlier about kind of thinking in systems. Um, we want to have like high schoolers and college students and even grad students kind of like write different proposals on like different things they want to kind of research or build in the community. And like um, part of it isn't just kind of proposing the science or engineering aspects, but um, we're also planning on kind of having a section where you talk about how it connects to the community and thinking of it through one of our frameworks. Um, in addition to that, we're also starting, uh, we're shooting for next year to have another kind of, uh, well, we call it the La Lima Symposium. But the idea is that uh, different students will be able to kind of, we want kind of like all students, all teachers, all professors, all researchers, all engineers and businesses to kind of give a one or two minute presentation about what they do. And it would be to kind of like a non-technical audience. So we have a lot of these uh, conferences that are geared towards technical audiences, but um, we also want to uh, bring it into the community and show the community like what the different people do. So in terms of uh, kind of company involvement, um, we would love to have sponsors uh, to um, kind of fund these new kind of opportunities. And um, the company would also kind of get involved where like the students can kind of write these proposals and like it might play a role in kind of the company's own vision and actually help shape the company's vision in Hawaii. And in addition, kind of with the Lalima Symposium, um, maybe getting, uh, if companies are interested, they can reach out to us and find ways we can have them do talks and like um, kind of meet and network with the students. And also in terms of kind of like gauging for next summer, uh, we would love to kind of connect the different students in our program to a lot of these opportunities. And we'd love to have um, these uh, companies or like other businesses actually come and participate maybe in one of our seminar talks and like present what they do and like how they see the future of their company and their role in Hawaii. Those are really exciting plans. Um, taking the conversation in a different direction now, 
What have been some of the biggest challenges you've come up against in this past year of operating? You know, I'm obviously COVID is a big challenge, but I'm just curious what what have you been able to overcome? Um, for us, we are all graduate students, meaning we're all very busy. Uh, so managing our time, especially right in the beginning, was extremely difficult um, because something like this kind of takes a lot of time and energy and focus because particularly we wanted to do this right um, with our like a native wine framework. So that part well, we would say was pretty difficult. Um, volunteering, it's essentially like a part-time job without getting paid. So it's kind of difficult to manage um, just just that, but recruiting, you know, students who are just passionate about it and are, are willing to do this essentially for free um, in their busy schedules. But we've been surprising, like we've surprisingly found just a lot of students who had kind of that same, like, oh yeah, we want to give back. Like, you know, that STEM, STEM journey is difficult. Um, especially during college when we had no idea what we wanted to do. I think for a lot of us, we kind of lacked that like mentorship capability or if we did have mentorship, um, we just found it extremely valuable. I think just having like a one hour conversation with someone, you know, who looks like you, who's been through the same thing as you and can offer you advice can really, I think, project you on a journey that either you may not have expected to have gone through before or um, just inspire you to do something you never thought you could. Uh, so yeah, it was just the realization that yes, mentorship is huge. Um, finding people that you know are passionate about that work, and I think oh yeah, and lastly it was um, like yeah, the COVID made that distance learning part an issue. But for us, actually, we found a way to kind of spin it to our advantage um, because a lot of it was online. We were able to reach out a lot more mentors we might not otherwise have reached out to. Um, and a lot more students who are local to Hawaii but want to find a way back home. Yeah, one thing that's kind of cool is that we actually have in our mentorship groups, we have a student all the way in Ireland participating. Um, and it's just like a good way to kind of stay grounded and connect with the community. Um, so I guess technically you could call us international, like, yeah. It's so cool to hear about the reach that you have. I know that Hawaii People's Fund, too, with the Giving Project, has found that the Zoom format that COVID forced on everyone has brought some opportunities with it, too. So I wanted to ask about, you mentioned the importance of mentorship, Maverick, specifically in STEM. And I would love to hear about both of your journeys in STEM and if there were any particularly important mentors to you. I think it could be helpful to anyone listening who might be interested in pursuing STEM to hear some of your stories. I have, I'm like extremely thankful for a lot of my mentors. Um, uh, actually, uh, it, it all starts all the way back in high school. So um, I had a really awesome science teacher, Miss um, Ishimoto. And then uh, the I had a homeroom teacher who was also a science teacher, and uh, his name is Mr. Tate. But um, Mr. Tate um, is actually the executive director of Nalu Studies, and like he served as a mentor for me, like back from high school, choosing classes, like just going and figuring out what college to choose, and then like he even like still served as a mentor for us and helped us start this program. And I think that's kind of like 
what it means and like having someone special like that support you along the way and i guess i've known him for i guess 15 years now so more than half of my life and like um having kind of that role model to look at and get support from and kind of like for every hour that i talk to him it probably saves me like a thousand hours of trouble that i might face um and yeah, so kind of just walking through, um, going through STEM and kind of having that strong mentorship. So same with Kyle, actually. We had the same science teacher in high school. Um, some of you are younger than Kyle. Um, but Ms. Gail Ishimoto was a large part of why I was interested in STEM in the first place. Um, I also attribute it to Kyle, him being a year older than me, seeing him also kind of go through that seeing him do biomedical engineering. Um, that's what I ended up doing as a major in college. And so that's kind of funny that we've ended up kind of coming together and doing this as well. But you know, throughout college, I also was just extremely lucky with the mentors I've had through research, through internship opportunities. I mean, eventually I did not go through engineering. I, I was inspired to do medicine. I mean, that's a whole nother story, but that was also really rooted in seeing other people do similar things to what I wanted to do. Um, I shadowed a surgery by a female surgeon here in Hawaii. And yeah, that absolutely blew my mind. Uh, that was, I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. Um, and particularly there's a field that I'm interested in, which is orthopedics, which is typically like a male dominated field, but also seeing other female surgeons in that area, um, just like recently seeing like women who are about my size. So I'm like five, three, <laughs> can't really see in the video, but um, seeing women who are about my size do like these major procedures on like large people, just like completely like amazing to me. Um, so that's a huge inspiration for me. Thank you for sharing that. And I love that in the stories you shared, you had mentorship from teachers, but also from peers who are maybe just one year ahead of you. I'd love to hear about some of the impacts you've seen in students who've participated in your programming. How have they responded and where are they at now? Yeah, so um, we've only been running for a little over a year, but um, and I guess in a year, kids have already graduated. So um, we have um, we have had a few students come into our IMWA sessions and like um, kind of like ask engage like their next paths in life so um there's some students who like haven't actually thought of graduate school or um even kind of higher degrees because they're like why more school like why should i take more classes but um we actually uh talked to them we actually had a workshop about this like for um how to do the nsf grfp which is one of those kind of competitive graduate school fellowship applications and we also had a seminar about kind of what is graduate school and we pulled students from a lot of different universities to kind of give their spiel about what it's like and like how they enjoy it and like also tips on like if they're interested like who they could talk to how to um, get more information on that work um i think kind of on a broader level um besides through the programming um we have seen kind of like students get a broader interest in new fields so um a lot of hawaii um uh, 
yeah, they've just been getting interest in other fields um, and kind of uh, being able to interact with kind of different opportunities that might not have been aware of to them. Um, I think one of the other cool things is that um, I we have tried to engage people kind of throughout the country. So whether they're locals who moved away or also other indigenous students. Um, so most recently, um, our program kind of spread word and it got around to Navajo Tech. And we actually have um, one or two students there participating in our program and a lot more kind of seeing the different workshops and presentations. And um, this is actually like kind of a really cool thing because we're kind of like not only helping our local communi community with um, this kind of value-based framework, but also trying to teach others about it so that they can improve their own kind of communities or reservations. And um, I think that's kind of something also very impactful. And actually, uh, it was because of kind of that broad impact, um, we actually were recognized as one of the top 10 native STEM enterprises to watch of 2021. And that was um, from the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. So um, every year they kind of have this list of organizations that um, they think are trying to have a new impact. And um, I think that kind of broad impact that we have in our community, but because we can kind of record different meetings and workshops, um, it was able to kind of spread out and have an impact in other places. Um, kind of another area that we found um, kind of a surprising impact was that we actually had, um, I talked earlier about companies reaching out to us and learning how to integrate with Hawaii, but we've actually had kind of representatives from universities like um i've met one person from harvard who actually reached out to me and said like how can we make how can we change our programs to make it more accessible and have and actually consider um kind of these values in the professoriate so they're actually trying to look at new ways on recruiting and training professors to actually accommodate um, kind of these new frameworks of thinking. And that's kind of like part of this larger system. Like, yeah, we set out to kind of like mentor a few students here and there. And then you're finding these changes pop up systematically in the larger system. And uh, it's that kind of multiplicative effect that we want to try and drive for, which is very like exciting for us. That's so awesome. Congratulations on that recognition. Thank you. I feel like you've done a really great job of articulating your vision for what a culturally based STEM field in Hawaii might look like. But you know, for a lot of people, when they think of the word or the phrase social justice, things like food sovereignty and regenerating traditional practices kind of immediately come to mind for a lot of folks. And I think STEM is something that doesn't immediately come to mind as a path towards social justice for people in some circles, you know? And so your approach to social justice is really unique from the rest of the community partners that we're supporting this year. Could you speak to why you see STEM as an important part of social justice in Hawaii? Um, yeah, so I think one of the like 
come uh i think sustainability in hawaii is a large kind of issue or maybe not an issue a large uh goal like a kind of self-sustaining ecosystem like that, that includes food sovereignty like clean energy and um it kind of goes back even to the ahupua'a system of like kind of uh using these cultural practices to uh, enforce this sustainable architecture but um and kind of looking at it through the systems thinking lens um i think that you can think of sustainability through the lens of like an ecosystem itself like use plants uh sustainable like decrease co2 emissions sustainable but i think um you can also use it in kind of a framework where you look at um, kind of how can we make our academic system sustainable how can you make the different interactions between people kind of sustainable how can we build upon each other to have a thriving community and um, kind of uh, extrapolating it from just uh, food or environment but um, kind of like the whole stem architecture is created where we have people going through school and then training the next round and um, kind of that circulation, we think of like water cycles. But um, similarly, we want to create this sustainable environment where people can share new ideas and work towards these different goals that they have because um, we believe that kind of the students who participate or engage with us um, ideally, like, they're also going to be drivers of positive change, and we want to sustain that positive change. And I think that's kind of a different take on maybe uh, that kind of common theme, but that's kind of how we uh, might have interpreted it. I agree with Kyle in that sense that sustainability, I think, to us is getting students who like training them in STEM and then keeping them here so that they can benefit their community um, instead of having to have people from like other areas of the world come and do that. I think we want to show like, yes, we can grow these types of people with these mindsets here in Hawaii. And you know what? I They're the ones that are going to make the most impact in their own communities, right? They're the ones that are from here who, who know what our community needs and is passionate about like making that change. So that's why we are particularly focused on like local Hawaii students, Native Hawaiian students, and not just in STEM, but also particularly also in my field, keeping physicians here in Hawaii is also another issue that we currently have, but getting more students from here interested in medicine as well and STEM and keeping them here. I think that's where we're going to see the biggest, most impactful change in Hawaii. So that's kind of the, the route we're taking uh, to, address, uh, to address those kinds of um, issues we see in Hawaii. Is there anything you'd like to say for our listeners, for anyone interested in getting involved, being part of the mentorship program, or otherwise supporting your work? Yeah, so um, I would encourage everyone, 100% of people in whoever hears this, or 100% of people on earth, um, go to our website, honuascholars.org, and sign up for our email list. And um, if you're a student, it'll redirect you to our mentorship group form to um, 
uh, try and place you into one of our groups. But uh, the reason why I encourage everyone to sign up is that we have a lot of other events besides kind of our mentorship events. And we want to kind of broadly engage the community at our Laulima Symposium, or if you have kids or you know of kids, everyone has kids in their family, you can pass on when we have our proposal competition coming up. Uh, you can pass that on to them. It'll give them a good opportunity to uh, practice skills in STEM, but also to engage with the community on broader STEM broader um, systemic ecosystem. Um, in addition to that, kind of just spreading the word about us. Um, attending our Imua sessions if you're a student, attending our seminars if you're an adult. Like, you don't have to be a student to attend. Like, it's always good to get uh, different viewpoints throughout life. And we also engage speakers and ask them things that aren't solely gauged on academics. So you can learn new things about life. You can learn new industries in Hawaii. And then um, also follow us on our social media. Um, so Honua Scholars, um, we have Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, YouTube, a lot of all of our like kind of larger speaker sessions and workshops are on YouTube. Um, oh, and I guess um, if you are interested in donating, um, I guess that would be really cool to kind of uh, fund us, especially through our um, Lalima Symposium proposal writing competition, but also donating to Hawaii People's Fund um, so that they can support more organizations like us who really want to make a change in the world. Well, thank you for making our pitch for us. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you both. Is there anything else you'd like to share today? Um, I guess also an easy way, sorry, another pitch, but I know everyone also uses Amazon, like kind of uh, a lot, um, but there's actually like Amazon Smile and you can actually uh, donate a part of your purchase. So you don't even have to pay anything to donate. You can actually just have Amazon donate for you. So that's the easiest low pressure way. Um, but sorry, anything else you'd like to share? We're just going to end it with, you know, thanking thank you guys, HPF, for funding. Um, also thanking our sponsors, Pacific American Foundation, uh, for their support. And then we've mentioned them already, but Lilamia Irvine, Ms. Gail Ishimoto, Mr. Tate, um, Uncle Herb from Pacific American Foundation. And thank you to all of our volunteers and mentors for everything that they've done um, for us so far. Mahalo to you both for talking with us today. Yeah, thank you. It was nice speaking with all of you. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me. And me. With additional support from... Mickey! Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Huihui. Production of this podcast is supported by a fellowship from Princeton University. Thank you to our community donors and to you, our audience, for listening. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with Aloha Kuomo'o Aina. The Battle of Kuomo'o in 1819 really is, is one of these pivotal flips for the future of our islands that I think in many ways we're still recovering from. You don't want to miss it. <laughs>